Happy Monday, y'all. We are back with another edition of the DNBR Rams podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Download it today. Use the promo code DNBR when you sign up. All right. Earlier today, I was able to catch up with my good friend, Kevin Lytle of the Fort Collins, Coloradoan. And I just kind of picked his brain a little bit on the state of CSU men's basketball. I've given a lot of my own thoughts of late. And so I figured it would be nice to get Kevin on here. Hadn't had him on the podcast in a little bit, probably going back to football season. We talked about expectations and how it's fair to say that this group has underperformed, albeit with some weird circumstances. We talked about the coaching staff and whether or not they should get the benefit of the doubt. And of course, we kind of dove into what's been going wrong, what we would like to see between now and the Mountain West Tournament. All that fun stuff, so I know you guys are going to enjoy that interview with Kevin. He is always tremendous. And then after that, I will wrap up with a few thoughts on the matchup against UNLV Tuesday night. Big week for CSU men's basketball after what's been a tough stretch, much of which Kevin and I talk about. Real quick, before we get to that interview with Kevin, I do have some news to go over. Starting with this Wednesday, that is February 1st. Jay Norvell will join me live at the DNVR studio, 10.45 a.m. I will share that link. You can watch it live via YouTube. It'll be live on Twitter as well, but the YouTube broadcast is definitely the best. I'll post that audio in the feeds afterwards. If you can't watch it, you're busy working. I get it. But what is great about a YouTube broadcast compared to traditional cable, obviously, is that you can watch it at any point. It'll still be up there. Just watch it then. I'm really looking forward to having Jay back in studio. Last time he was in, it was tremendous. We'll obviously be doing some signing day talk, but it's going to be so much more than that. And I'm just so stoked. So big thanks to CSU Football for making that happen. It is much appreciated. And of course, big thanks to Jay for taking some time to join me in studio. It means a lot. Not every FBS coach would be willing to do that. Certainly not some of the ones that I have covered in the past, so it really just does mean a lot to me. One last time, that is Wednesday, February 1st, live from DNVR. Jay Norvell will join me on the DNVR Rams podcast, 10.45 a.m. You can watch that on YouTube. It will also be available on Twitter. And if you just want the audio, of course, you can get that, as always, via Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Some more news for y'all on Monday. CSU women's point guard McKenna Hofschild was named a top 10 candidate for the 2023 Nancy Lieberman Award. This is presented by the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame and Basketball Coaches Association. It's now in its 24th year. The award recognizes the top point guard in women's NCAA Division I college basketball. To be considered for this prestigious award, candidates must exhibit the floor leadership playmaking and ball handling skills a class of 1996 hall of famer nancy lieberman anybody that has watched mckenna knows that she certainly fits that description she is the, a pure point guard uh, really the definition of what a point guard should be at this stage of the season she's number two in assist to turnover ratio she's number five in assist per game csu has a top 35 offense at 76.6 points per game She leads the Mountain West and is number 10 in the nation at scoring at 21.5 points per game. So not only is she out there dicing up defenses, dishing out dimes, she gives opponents buckets on a nightly basis. Truly one of the most enjoyable college basketball players in the country to watch. 
men or women. She's just a talented hooper. And selfishly, I'm really hoping that she comes back for one more season at CSU if she does not go pro. That said, I could see her playing for anyone in the country. She is good enough. It's pretty neat to see her getting this type of national recognition. She certainly deserves it. So shout out to McKenna Hofschild. Congratulations. There will certainly be more accolades to come. And I'm really looking forward to seeing how the rest of the season plays out, especially the Mountain West Tournament out in Vegas. But let's go ahead and move on. Let's get to that interview with Kevin Lytle of the Fort Collins Coloradoan. But first, the stage is set and we're counting down to the battle in Arizona. There's no better way to get ready for NFL action than with DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports winning partner of Super Bowl 57. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. On top of that, all new and existing customers can take a shot at an even bigger payout with DraftKings stepped up same game parlay. Boost your Super Bowl 57 winnings with each leg you add up to 100%. Came really close to hitting a monster SGP during that Eagles game. Unfortunately, needed Jalen Hurts to throw for more passing yards. But that was on me. That was a dumb leg to add given the state of his shoulder. Where I hit was banking on Mahomes balling out and throwing for north of 300 yards. I also picked the Chiefs to win. That just felt like, you know, people were... A little too out on Mahomes at this stage, as much as I love Joe Burrow and the Bengals, and I I think those are the best two quarterbacks in football, but I don't know. It was just weird how quickly people had uh, kind of pushed old Patrick aside and wanted to go to the next big thing. Anyways, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use that code DNVR. New customers can bet $5 on Super Bowl 57 and get $200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code DNVR. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Void in Ohio. See show notes for details. Additionally, when you get hurt, Backus and Shanker is there to help. Backus and Shanker wins for Colorado families. They have been helping those who are seriously injured in Colorado for more than 25 years. They are free until they win money in your case. No upfront fee to speak with you about your case. No fee while they work on your case. And no fee unless they win your case and win money for you. Backus and Shanker has won over $1 billion for their clients, now with even more locations serving all of Colorado, including neighborhood offices in Denver, Aurora, Inglewood, and Fort Collins. Backus and Shanker has the strength and power to win your case with more than 30 lawyers and 100 staff. Backus and Shanker helps with all kinds of injury cases when you weren't at fault. Car accidents, motorcycle, rideshare, pedestrians, trucks, they can even help if you're injured at work. Call Backus and Shanker at 222-2222 to find out if you have a case for free. Backus and Shanker wins. All right, joining me on the DNVR Rams podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, I've got my good friend Kevin Lytle of the Fort Collins Coloradoan. It's been an up and down season for CSU men's basketball. I think it's safe to say that they've underachieved to an extent, but there have been a lot of wonky circumstances uh, both with injuries and just the whole off season. How surprising has this been to you though, that this team has kind of struggled as much as they have? Yeah, to this extent, I definitely didn't expect it. I'm not sure anyone did. I mean, obviously you can just, you can hear it on, on coach Medved's, you know, voice every time he talks, you know, after some of these tough games, um, everyone knew there'd be transitional, you know, challenges, you know, with Roddy leaving and so many new players and all that. Um, but yeah, this is 
you know, further that, than certainly I expect, I think really anyone. Um, and, and yeah, it's just been a, a perfect storm season. I, you know, I think we've probably both written and talked about it and it's just kind of crazy how everything has come together in, in a lot of different and funky ways to create this, you know, kind of just frustrating overall season for CSU. Do you think that they have the depth to turn the corner? Because it feels like these last couple of games, they have competitive stretches where they're going kind of, you know, toe for toe, uh, punch for punch, however you want to phrase it. And then they just kind of run out of gas. And I wonder how much of that just has to do with, you know, the fact that they're missing three guys who they expected to be impactful, you know, members of this rotation. Yeah, I think that's certainly a big part. And um, just even within the guys they are playing with, it's just too inconsistent, you know, outside Isaiah Stevens, really, um, you have guys that, you know, have pretty good games and pretty bad games. And even within a game have stretches where they're very good. And then, you know, maybe make some mistakes. And, and that's the thing, you know, I, I talking to Isaiah Stevens after the Wyoming game, because again, that was, I, I think the Wyoming game was a perfect encapsulation of this season. The first 20 minutes were pretty much terrible um, all the way through offense, you know, sloppy defense wasn't great. And then the second half was pretty much really good. Yeah, they lost at the end. But I mean, if you play like those 20 minutes, you know, you're feeling good. I, I asked Isaiah, you know, it's kind of the most frustrating thing about this season that in these stretches, like you're clearly a very good team. You just don't put together. And he kind of shook his head and goes, yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, it definitely is. And that's just what this team is. I don't know. I think depth certainly is part of it. You know, you are limited in some ways. You know, Josiah Strong, I think fans maybe just don't realize how big a miss he is because he basically never played. And the few times he did, he wasn't himself. Um, so you don't realize how big a miss he is. Um, Jacob Jensen's another no one really knows about. But, man, some of the uh, Isaiah Stevens, for instance, was raving to me uh, in the spring about how good Jacob had become. So these things all kind of piece together. And, yeah, the, the, the limitations in both number of bodies and then what you know they can do, I think, is definitely hampering the team. Josiah is the one I think that probably stings the most just because even with Jenison and I heard a lot of good things about him as well, it, it still would have been kind of a new role, but I mean, yeah. Josiah is a proven guy. He shot 40 plus percent on 6.3 threes a game. Like he sure could have used that in this last game. Yeah, absolutely. And he has a long tracker. And also he's a, a big physical defender. I mean, he, you know, again, for people who haven't really seen him, he is, you know, probably a legit six, three, six, four and well-built. He could defend a lot of different positions. And obviously one of the things CSU has really struggled with is kind of guards in perimeter play, lighting them up. I mean, uh, Mashburn House, Amari Moore, you know, we could name a, a bunch of different guys that, yeah, you know, which as I have shut them down, obviously it's hard to say, but he would have had another, you know, defensive weapon, which obviously defensive uh, help is what this team really, really needs. So, yeah, I, I think him more than anyone is, is a big miss because, you know, those veteran presences are really helpful. I, I think we've seen that too of some just inexperience from this team uh, at times within games. Yeah, especially in the in the tight moments, it just feels like they haven't had the the most composure. You know, they haven't really been very resilient in those moments. Isaiah obviously had the you know the the spots and UNLV and crazy stuff, but that's what Isaiah does. Yeah. I don't know. I just you see these moments where they look good and it's like almost false hope. They just 
I don't understand how they keep having these like six plus minute stretches of not recording a field goal when you have so many guys out there that have played like legitimate minutes for quite some time now. Yeah, and it's it, it's just been funky to me. If I you know go through the roster player by player individually, I like these pieces. I mean, there are a lot of things to like. You know, kind of each guy that's in that rotation has something that you can kind of pick out and be like, I like that. But collectively, obviously, it's not going together very well or again consistently. Well, at times it is. I mean, most of that San Diego State game, CSU was the far better team. But of course, they find a way. You know, in a couple minute stretch, a bunch of turnovers. Uh, give up some some buckets and let San Diego State back into it. So again, it is just funky that they can be quite good. And then even metrically, obviously CSU's metrics aren't great, but you know, you look at Ken Palm, they're like 110. If you look at all the teams around them, CSU is one of the only teams that has a losing record in the region that they're in. I think there are only three or four teams above them in Ken Palm that have a losing record and they're all high major teams. So they're you know, again, predictive metrics are, you know, obviously funky in a lot of ways and uh, there are no guarantee of anything, but based on how CSU, you know, metrically comes out, they should be better than they are, which in a lot of ways I think is an accurate reflection of this team. You look at them and watch them, you don't think, well, this team isn't bad I and mean, they're not terrible, but they've, you know, kind of find ways to lose right now. Well, kind of off of that, there have been... I mean, it's not the majority of the fan base, I wouldn't say, but I would say that there's been more vocal criticism of this staff this year, both on a recruiting front and the fact that this team is underachieving. One of the things that I pointed out after the Boise State loss was just that, like, while it may have been a frustrating loss, it wasn't like the staff was just sitting there and taking it on the chin. Like, they're throwing all kinds of defensive matchups at them. They went to multiple zones. They're going to the press. Like, they're tweaking the lineup. At some point, it's like you can only like plug and play so much. Like the players kind of have to go out and win it. Yeah, I mean, there's some of both, and obviously, you know, I think the staff would probably agree. Have they had their best season ever? No, obviously not, because they're ten and twelve. You know, I think there's no doubt that they feel they probably haven't, you know, done it right either. But yeah, I mean, I I, I got one of those for a mailbag question. I think the the phrase was lackadaisical. I was like, lackadaisical lackadaisical is not the right word now have the right buttons not been pushing whatever you know again you, i guess you can say yes with the uh results obviously but yeah they're trying a lot of different stuff i mean i watched them work on that press that they used a ton in practice the other day before boise and it worked in stretches but you know again they you know one boise hit some crazy shots a few of those threes early on were uh, and well defended you just kind of tip your cap but two yeah i mean there's some roster limitations which again can go back to recruiting, which is a supremely complicated thing. I laugh every time I see say see someone say, "We'll just go get big." So, oh, sure, I'm nice. sure, sure, Meg yeah. had never thought of that. <laughs> uh, you know, again, you know, if you want to put up a hundred k to go get Udeze or something, uh, you know, that's that's a good option. But um, it's a really complicated situation. Fans, understandably, like you know, want it simple and kind of want someone to blame and. Uh, you know, the staff is paid, you know, pretty well to win and they're not winning. So I, you know, I think it's certainly fair to say that this season hasn't gone how it should, but, but yeah, to just say that it's, you know, it's been a, a lazy or, or whatever affair, you know, season, that's obviously not true. It's, it's a super complicated, you know, some players, like you say, haven't performed the way you need them to, um, roster limitations due to injury due to the Roddy uh, decision, which again, no one's fault. He deserved every minute uh, of that time to, 
make the decision, but it certainly affected recruiting. Um, it's just a lot of things coming together at once. And there's, there's no one single point and say, yep, that that's why this is bad. I think that was well said. And I don't want to make it seem like I'm saying the staff is above criticism because at some point you are what your record says you are. As you mentioned, he's one of the highest paid coaches in the conference. Like the expectation is that they should win. I just find it somewhat funny because the expectation that they should win is also because Nico Medved is here and you're coming off a back-to-back because they you know, did historic <laughs> seasons. Yeah. Yeah. No, again, I, and uh, you know, it's, uh, it's hard to sustain success, especially this was a very weird time. The combo of the, you know, Roddy late decision and NIL really taking over. I think it was um, a bad time for CSU. CSU, I feel comfortable saying, um, was behind on NIL. That didn't help things, although I think this year the Roddy um, timing was probably more of the impact. But, I mean, lots of programs have down years. I mean, Kentucky, until about two weeks ago, looked like they'd missed the NCAA tournament. And they have a few resources, I believe. Um, <laughs> you know, I if next year looks like this, I'll be a lot more concerned. Um, if this is just a one-year blip because a lot of things happened, um, yeah, that happens. That's college sports. But if, if it continues next year, then yeah, I, I, I would be a lot more frustrated and concerned if I were a fan than one year when a lot of things went wrong. I mean, CSU, like, um, I haven't even done the math lately, but I know by 10 games in, they had lost more man games, you know, to injury this year than the last four combined. And it wasn't even close. And that was 10 games into the season. So, uh, there are a lot of factors in play. And like I say, if we're having this discussion a year from now, I'll, you know, my radar will be, you know, buzzing a lot more frequently with, with concern. I think that's fair. It'd be a much larger sample size. I just, at this point, you know, somewhat of the benefit of the doubt. And at least if you're, if you're looking for a silver lining, it's that Kyan Evans and, and some of these 20, uh, 23 guys look very, very intriguing. Yeah, I mean, I had a, a kind of a scout, whatever you want to call it, DMing me about Kyan Evans the other day and um, says he's a real, real good player. It's funny, uh, Iowa State signed a player from his team as well, and um, there's certainly some chatter that CSU got the better one. And you know, it's kind of obviously, JR is out of Iowa State, so you have some connections there. But Kyan looks really good. Um, I, you know, you never know for sure with freshmen, but I would expect him to to play a significant role next year. Tavy will be better next year. I mean, he's going through pre, you know, some growing pains right now. Clearly, but he's obviously a talented guy. Rashawn Mbimba is a super fascinating prospect, and he's playing against grown men. Obviously, it's going to be a different type of game and speed of game here in the U.S., but but he seems to be a guy that has a pretty intriguing talent. And then who knows what else will happen. I think it's safe to say that um, things are not set for next year. Obviously, the Isaiah Stevens conversation will happen. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's not like uh, there's just nothing happening uh, you know, and the future looks bleak. What would you like to see from this team between now and the Mountain West tournament? A little consistency, which I feel like I've been saying for a long time. I got to win some at home. It's funny because you look at a schedule and, you know, UNLV this, you know, on Tuesday, really weird team. I don't know what UNLV is. They're like 75 in the net, but I don't think they're that good. They're near the bottom of the Mountain West, but also, um, you know, just beat Nevada that, you know, I guess that's what happens when you're a very individualistic based team. You can be quite good when, when your guys are on and you can be 
quite not good. But, you know, that's a game CSU, I think, can win at home. Even Utah State later this week, I think, can can win at home. So grab a few of these home wins, get a little positive momentum, um, and see if you can't build something toward the Mountain West term again. I can't see how CSU would string four straight days together in the Mountain West tournament, but at least be playing some good ball and, and have some things figured out. Yeah. And I mean, maybe you just win a game or two and at least make it interesting, you know, for some of these veterans who knows, you know, how many of these guys are going to be back. Um, I don't want to take up too much of your time here. Just real quick. Do you, do you see Boise state or any of these other teams being capable of pushing San Diego state for that regular season title, or is it theirs to lose? I really think Boise state can, that team has impressed me. I, you know, I did not think they would be this good. I don't think anyone really no, did. I didn't either. Uh, yeah. Certainly no one outside of Boise. Um, so credit to Leon Rice there, they're, they're doing a great job. So I think they could partially, they defend so well that especially at San Diego state. Yeah. They have more offensive firepower this year, but they can still struggle. Um, so if, you know, Boise could, you know, when they're playing, shut them down a little bit. Um, they're the only one. Nevada's too streaky. New Mexico. I really like New Mexico. They're fun. But again, they're a little too streaky. And I think that Nevada game was a perfect show of New Mexico. They can be really good, but man, they can do some some still silly stuff to get themselves in trouble. So I think it's it's a two horse race with San Diego State and Boise. Yeah, I still you know kind of favor San Diego State, um, but Boise is really impressive. Tyson Degenhart might be the new Ram killer. I mean, it was Hutchison, then it was Jessup, and now it's him, and he's probably the best of all of them. I mean, yeah, six, to, seven, to be two, fair, three. yeah, to be fair, CSU, he um, he kind of kills a lot of teams. He's, uh, I Good mean, point. he has a chance this year at being a Mountain West Player of the Year, but if not now, certainly in the future, he. He's a, a really good player and a great find for them. I mean, I, I wasn't really impressed with him last year, and he seems to have just gotten better. So, yeah, he's a, he's a really good player. Before I let you go, just real quick, um, is the NFL rigged, Kevin? Is it a grand conspiracy, or were just a lot of people rooting for the Bengals and disappointed by the outcome? Yes. I'm not saying it wasn't a bad game. Like a Yes, was. especially in our area, I think, um, you know, obviously most people here don't like the Chiefs, so we're rooting just by nature against them. And then a lot of calls certainly did go in the Chiefs' way, but uh, just bad refereeing is usually the answer, and I think that's the case here. People, I love, you know, people have a good conspiracy. I get it, but be a little too complicated to pull that one off. And plus Joe, Bur- Joe Burrow is pieces. big time. So I'm not, I'm not sure uh, why they, the NFL would be against Burrow being a Super Bowl again. It seems very marketable to me. I'm, I'm guessing yeah, no he kidding. would do well. Yeah. Super Bowl prediction. Who wins it? Oh, I, I think the Eagles, they look really good. Um, it helps that I can see that Mahomes will have a little more time to get that ankle a bit better, but especially who knows with all those injuries on their receiving core and stuff. I think I've got to go with the Eagles. I love it. Kevin, as always, thank you for giving me some of your time. It was great to catch up with you. Everybody make sure that you are following him on Twitter, subscribe to the Colorado and it is the best newspaper in the state. Go check all that out. All right. One more shout out to Kevin. Big thanks to him for joining me. Always great to catch up with him. Before we go here, I just wanted to wrap up with a couple of thoughts on this matchup against UNLV Tuesday night. This is a winnable game for CSU. This week in general is really big for the Rams after this brutal stretch. UNLV has a lot of athleticism. They have guys that can really get going. 
but their offense can also be very isocentric. At times, they can kind of shoot themselves out of it. And in general, it's just not the the style of basketball that I really enjoy watching. You really got to look out for Elijah Harkless, uh, their best scorer, I would say. He went 10 of 20 from the floor the last time these teams met, put 33 on the board. Would be nice if CSU could keep all of UNLV's players below 30 in this one. Feels like just about every time they meet, and part of this was just because Bryce Hamilton was absurd, but it feels like every time they meet, they have somebody drop 35 on them. That's a tough recipe for success. Another tough recipe for success is going to be if CSU turns the ball over. Defensively, UNLV forces a ton of turnovers, and it's unsurprising given their length. They average 19 turnovers forced per game. That's one of the best in the country. It's an absolutely massive number. It's not even always necessarily steals, either shot clock violations, tip passes, instances where their pressure gets you to throw the ball away. Nevada, which in my opinion is a more complete team than UNLV, really struggled in Vegas on Saturday night, and turnovers were a massive factor in that one. If you give UNLV an opportunity to get out and start dunking on you in transition, it's going to be a long night because they're already going to give you buckets in their half court, assuming somebody is on, and it feels like somebody is always on when UNLV plays CSU. As far as the Rams go, you certainly have to be consistent defensively, which is something that this group has struggled with, to say the least, rebounding as well. I just want to see some balance offensively. Like, I I don't think this is going to be a great defending team. I think they'll have stretches where they'll be pretty good, and I think that combined with an intelligent coaching staff mixing in a lot of looks will at least have them competent in most stretches. But they've got to start knocking down some of these open shots, especially the veterans outside of Isaiah Stevens. Isaiah Stevens is going to have to be the man in this game and moving forward. He's going to have to carry this team if they're going to win some of these big games. I think that's clear at this point. Like, unless he's getting doubled every possession, I don't want to see another game this year where he has less than 15 field goal attempts. But you just need a little bit more consistency from these veterans who are good basketball players, and they're just kind of up and down right now. It's it's been such a weird year when those open threes are there, though, and they're uncontested, open in rhythm. You need guys like John, Riv, Jalen to be able to knock them down, Cartier even. And if you can do that, and you can create scoring chances with Isaiah running the show, and you can also get the ball down to Cartier in the post and Moores when he's in there, it's going to create opportunities to drive, just like what we saw against Boise State early on. If the defense doesn't respect you to knock down those shots consistently, though, those passing lanes are going to clog up. And UNLV is perfectly content kind of sitting back and trying to, you know, jam up the paint. They give up a lot of threes in general. So there should be some opportunities there for CSU. It's just a matter of shot making and if you're able to execute consistently or not. As frustrating as this stretch has been, I really do think this team is better than what they've shown thus far. The lack of depth has definitely been brutal, but at some point, I feel like this group is going to will themselves to victory. So why not start this week? I am planning on being back in the arena for both home games this week. Really looking forward to that. So I'll have live coverage, uh, post-game quotes, audio, all that stuff that I've kind of been lacking here of late. It's been wonky, not fun. Hoping to establish some type of normalcy here, especially as we get into spring ball and whatnot. But I'm super appreciative of the support that I've received from this community. I'm still figuring some things out on my end, but the support that I've received from you guys is really overwhelming. 
Uh, before we get out of here, I just want to say a special shout out to a listener of the pod, Sterling Jensen, diehard CSU Ram fan, going through a tough time right now. I don't know what I can put out there publicly, so I got to be careful with what I say here. But Sterling is a tremendous dude, has always had my back over the years, has always been a diehard Ram supporter. And if you could keep him and his family in your thoughts and prayers, that would mean a lot to me. We are a community. We stick together. So Sterling, I hope you hear this. I love you, buddy. And everyone else, stay warm out there. I'm so over this cold. Much love. Peace. Khakis wearing graphic tees, feeling way too trendy. Raps that kill. Oh, I'm deadly. Primed and ready like machetes at a deli in New Delhi. Feeling scummy like Martin Scarelli. Turn jam into jelly, then drink it like juice. But water's the truth, so I sip on that too. Skinny looking kid with no car keys. Like the only thing I drive is RCRV. He's got the stash like Steve Harvey. Oh, I'm gnarly.